of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Caitlin. Do you want to talk about The Haunted Mansion 2003 with me? It'll only take 20 minutes tops. Ooh, I wonder if you're a dad that likes to work too much. The scariest (laughs) thing of all. Ah, someone who loves working in real estate it's terrifying and whose wife my wife my wife my his wife seems like she could really take or leave real estate (laughs) yeah she's my partner my business partner but also you never see her doing her job teehee yeehaw yeah sure i'm in let's do it (laughs) awesome uh hello i'm (laughs) Caitlin Durante. I'm Jamie Loftus, and you're listening to The Bechtel Cast, a show where we take your favorite movies and look at them with an intersectional feminist lens. Even if they're 83 minutes long, <laughs> this movie is really... Wonderfully s- short. Ugh, it, it really made me feel amazing. Yeah, we're covering a couple of movies from the early 2000s coming up, and I just was like, wow, there was a time where where children's movies were aching to be 90 minutes and not like Mm -hmm. circling the two and a half hour mark. Just great stuff. We're talking about The Haunted Mansion 2003 starring Eddie Murphy. And I say who it's starring because I feel like he, I think he's actually credited before the title of the movie, which (laughs) is very movie star behavior. I love it. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion, basically. That's how I thought of it when I was like, (laughs) it's, and by the end of the movie, spoiler alert, it is Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. He's got the deed. He does own it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, <laughs> first we should tell people what the show is. Uh, we use, uh, so we're an intersectional feminist podcast. We use the Bechtel test as a jumping off point for discussing Eddie Murphy's haunted mansion. But, mm-hmm. uh, Caitlin, what is the Bechtel test? Well, gee whiz, I'll tell you. It is right. a media metric created by queer cartoonist Alison Bechtel, uh, often called the Bechtel-Wallace test, which has many different versions, but the one that we use requires that two characters of a marginalized gender, they must have names, they must speak to each other, and their conversation has to be about something other than a man. Ideally for us, it's also a like narratively substantial conversation and not just like throwaway dialogue. And... Yeah, I guess we'll just get into it. But first, we have an incredible returning guest. Returning for, I, I, I love just when a guest has a wide swath of movies they want to cover. Because <laughs> you've heard this guest on many shows, including her own show. But for for our purposes, we did Center Stage, and now we're doing Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. I mean, <laughs> the early 2000s gave and they took away. Uh, yeah, they really did. It was incredible. Uh, and our guest, of course, is writer, comedian, and podcaster, Akila Hughes. Hi, Welcome thank back. you for having me back. We survived the pandemic, uh, mostly <laughs> intact, if you want to call mm-hmm. the surviving. <laughs> Hello. We're all rocking yes. back and forth. Yeah, we are. We're all are. just in the womb. Great. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, Akila. now, if memory serves, I was like, we have to do The Haunted Mansion because the new one is coming out. Mm-hmm. And you and I had been talking on Instagram and I was like, wait a minute, here's this movie we want to do. Do you want to be the guest? So I basically forced you to do this and I'm so sorry, but also you're welcome. Yeah, thank you so um, much. <laughs> um, so what is your relationship with yeah. the Haunted Mansion? Parentheses, Eddie Murphy. Um, well, I love Eddie Murphy. Gotta say, you know, just a real king of comedy. I, mm. I would say that like most Eddie Murphy fans really centering on like early 90s, late 80s, Eddie Murphy was really yeah. my sweet spot. I I did fall off. You know, I believe this is in the same era as Norbit, and I haven't <laughs> seen Norbit either. So, yeah. you know, that gives you a sense. I was more of the uh, nutty professor mm-hmm. variety. I wonder if this show will last long enough that we would cover Norbit someday. <laughs> oh, God, I hope no I, one has to That's how you that. know it's like, no, you know we're what? doing I it. I think that we've we've run our course if we're like exhausted. We've exhausted <laughs> the good movies worth talking about. Sure. And so um I would say that I'm more of a fan of Eddie Murphy than I am of the Haunted Mansion. I did work at Disney World in um <gasps> in like 2008 Whoa. and then again in like 2010. So like I love the idea of the Haunted Mansion as like mm-hmm. a person who worked there. It was the only job that in Tower of Terror where you weren't forced to smile. So like I had a lot of reverence for those people. They didn't oh, have to do hilarious. the fake bullshit all day like yeah. the rest of us. Um, and so I I am like excited by the concept, but I this was my first watch, you know? I clearly mm-hmm. wasn't interested back when it came out. It also was like around the time where it was before Disney was like in Marvel. So it's like, it, mm-hmm. it was kind of like they were just doing rides as movies. Like I believe Pirates of the Caribbean was in that era as well. The same year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One yeah. of them we think about sometimes. It has like a soundtrack that's memorable. The other is yeah. Eddie Murphy's. <laughs> uh-huh. And they wasn't 
didn't the country bears also come out very <laughs> close to this? I think they were just throwing oh. shit. They were throwing IP yeah. at the wall. And then like yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean was like the standout. Wait, maybe I think the country bears was O2. Don't ask me why I know that. That's <laughs> I don't know some of my cousin's like names. Loved it. Yeah. Okay. 2002. I was right about that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like this I mean, was like clearly early Iger strategy. <laughs> They're just like, why don't we use all this crap from the park that no one thinks about regularly? <laughs> Yeah. Well, and they're still doing it. Like the Jungle Cruise movie came out last year. Mm-hmm. I saw it. Yeah. Can't wait for Matterhorn. <laughs> the Tiki oh. Room. Is that a movie? Oh, kind of. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. Give it a couple of years. Wait for it. Yeah, wait yeah. for AI to do its thing. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel like at this point, because there's, oh, I, we, well, I mean, it, this is like not a new point to make at all, but just because of like how aggressively IP ish uh, movies are currently. And it's like, whatever, I took the Barbie pill wholesale, but I was reading this morning about how Mattel is like getting the wrong idea. And they're like, yeah, so we actually have this. Oh, what was it? It, there, it was J.J. Abrams is making a Hot Wheels movie, which I uh, wish I was oh, joking. Stop that. That's enough. And then, That's enough. Look, <laughs> there was, There's no there more was... to be had. <laughs> the movie Cars exists. Oh my gosh. Also that Grand Tur- Turismo or whatever yeah. Turismo movie that's coming out. Why is what that is a that? thing? Vin Diesel's doing Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Uh, <laughs> Where's the Hungry Hungry Hippos movie? Where's the Polly Pocket movie? Daniel Kaluuya is doing Barney the Barney. Dinosaur in an yeah. A24 type film that is heavily inspired by the work of Charlie Kaufman. I was what? like, enough. Yeah. I, but I will see. I will see it. Will I see it? Yes. Yeah. yeah will I suffer this? Of course. But I shouldn't have to. <laughs> I shouldn't have to see it. Uh, I don't even want to think about it, but you know, I will see it. <laughs> that sentence, I was just, I don't know. At that point, I, I, it was like Monday morning and I read that sentence. I was like, Mad Lib. Absolute Mad Lib. But, <laughs> but yeah, I will, I will see it. <laughs> we can can't help ourselves yeah uh, Jamie what is your relationship with the haunted mansion oh I loved this movie so much uh <laughs> I thought this was cinema I thought this was great I definitely came into Eddie Murphy in his like firmly in his kids era and then worked my way backwards later uh it mm. just feel like it's impossible to not be a fan of Eddie Murphy I know we've talked about him True. on other episodes we've covered a lot of his movies and donkey you know, and I know that alert <laughs> uh, I know how you go from donkey to this I'm sorry I'm jumping to, I'm jumping ahead <laughs> you don't have enough money Eddie what is this anyway I don't know Eddie, I I for I I know we've talked about Eddie Murphy's like personal life in the past we're not gonna get into that today today mm. we're talking about he's firmly in his children's entertainment bag he's making a shitload of money i think that my first eddie murphy movie would have been well this isn't an eddie murphy movie but he's in mulan right oh, yeah. and he's firmly in mulan my first clear memory of seeing a movie was eddie murphy dr doolittle yeah he's like i think i mean i guess he's the only doctor no i did see robert downey jr dr doolittle Oof. Ugh, brave. I, how did they already reboot that <laughs> I was the only one that was, I was, I was the only one, I was like on mushrooms and it was still, it was just a disaster. Um, Eddie Murphy is, is Dr. Doolittle. I remember that really clearly because my cousins and I all went and they were passing me Starburst and they were, 
telling oh, me. Oh, I remember this story. Yeah. And I was, I assumed that my cousins were unwrapping candy for me for some reason because I was little and I was just eating Starburst wrappers the whole movie. And then at the end, I was like, I feel sick and full of paper. And that's my first movie memory. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my God. Um, and then by 03, yeah, he's had, he's shreked out. He's got the Shrek yacht. Mm. But he hasn't had enough. And O three might be my, my peak Eddie Murphy year because he's in Haunted Mansion and Daddy Daycare this year. Um, and I was obsessed wow. with Daddy Daycare. It's Eddie Murphy and Steve Zahn, which... <gasps> of Stuart Little fame? Of, yeah. <laughs> Snowball's best friend in Stuart Little. <laughs> Uh-huh. He he capitalized on his success from Stuart Little to be Eddie Murphy's friend in Daddy Daycare. Regina King plays his his wife, uh-huh. um, and it inspired. Kaylee and I started texting about this the other day because I was like, "Oh wow, there is like a whole subgenre of movies that's just men taking care of children." And how weird is that? Mm. Yeah, yeah. We were thinking about a matron theme, so matrons, yeah. if you're interested in that, let yeah. us know. Mister Mom, three men and a baby. And then the peak of cinema, Daddy Daycare. Anyways, I was, yeah. I definitely saw this movie in theaters. I definitely, I remember being really scared of it, especially the zombie part. Um, and I was surprised that the reviews of this movie were not, I know it wasn't like a huge success, but I was surprised that they weren't positive. And I thought it was very weird that all of the reviews were like, it wasn't scary enough. And you're like, well, are you seven? Because it doesn't seem like you really are allowed to say what's scary mm-hmm. you're a you're a grown man of course you weren't scared yeah hopefully yeah. like <laughs> yeah. say thank you like it'd be great to read a roger ebert <laughs> review it's like i was pissing myself at eddie murphy's haunting man haunting <laughs> anyways wow. i loved it uh I, and then watching it back i was like huh what's this where's uh, the plot mm. yeah <laughs> this is really it's it's a it's a very thin movie plot wise not a, not a lot going on uh yeah. caitlin mm-hmm. <laughs> history with eddie murphy's haunted mansion i had never seen it until a few days ago wow i had never ridden the ride at disneyland also until about probably a month ago uh, i am now firmly a disney adult i'm so sorry everybody do have a pass during a strike <sighs> I know I'm crossing the picket line. The parks aren't struck, right? That's <laughs> true. I actually had a question. I had a question about that. I was like, can I go on the Minions ride or is that scabbing? And the answer I got was, we're not sure. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind. Of, it's just like a haunted house. It's a loosely themed haunted house. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And so I was at the park and we were approaching what I didn't realize was the ride. And I was like, what is this? plantation ass looking <laughs> house yeah. why is this here and my friends were like that's the haunted mansion that's the ride we're about to go on i was like oh, okay and then i rode the ride and the whole like elevator thing and i was like yeah. oh my god spooky and you know it's a pretty underwhelming ride to me as far as like thrills go mm-hmm. the production design is pretty cool i suppose but you know. But it's again, it's for seven year olds. And so you're like, yeah, pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wasn't able to afford to go until I was doing my internship there. So I have to tell you how 
disappointing it was. Mm. The first day of training at Disney, they just point out all the shit that's fake in what's like, like they kill the magic Whoa. for you. Oh, and I was no. like, I've never been here. Like, <laughs> one day <laughs> no oh. they're like that's fake and that's fake and these are the exits and if you if you get stuck on the ride you go through this room and this is what happens and i'm like shut up <laughs> i know they have to do that but it's like you're especially if you're interning you're like i'm not even getting paid for this man right. it's destroyed so for money. me <laughs> oh my god so i'm still a disney adult they couldn't kill it you know but they tried <laughs> yeah i will say i i i mean these like the theme park movies in the like early 2000s were like hit or miss and i saw like a, a youtube video that uh from i think it was a yahara zaheed video uh we'll we'll link it if i'm correct about that uh but just like how like not all of them are great some of them the plot leaves something to be desired maybe but it was like great for like kids who couldn't afford to go to disneyland it's like <laughs> as close as you could get for a while in, and and kind of ends up overselling it in a way yeah. that except maybe the country bears i haven't seen it <laughs> yeah, in seen a long time <laughs> I feel like I saw that movie five times in one weekend and then never again. <laughs> yeah, um, like I remember it, but it's more of a trauma thing. <laughs> yeah. The, but like the Haunted Mansion, I feel like is the movie that feels because like, I mean, I love the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but mm -hmm. that doesn't have shit to do with the ride. Like this one is right. like it's they're trying to deliver on the ride, like reverse engineer a plot based on yeah. the ride. And you're like that. Yeah, that's not how to write. A screenplay but but it's how someone they gave did. them the money and they were like you're gonna have a script by this date and the guy the night before was like fuck it i'm riding the ride again <laughs> yeah like, like can you imagine what a fucking nightmare disney notes must have been like on this movie they're like um i don't know you didn't have the scary guy with the head you're gonna have to write in a wallace sean character and you're like oh my god <laughs> i mean i was thrilled yeah. to see you know Wallace Shawn I also definitely did not know who Jennifer Tilly was the last time I saw this movie mm -hmm. 15 years ago yeah, yeah. so up. there you go anyway so yeah I saw the movie for the first time very recently and I was like oh this is I guess more fun than I was expecting but then on my second watch I was like oh no this movie is not good so <laughs> wow those are okay. my <laughs> Maybe I couldn't even old. finish it in one sitting. Like objectively, <laughs> just to like pull back the curtain. Guys. We were supposed to record this like four days ago. And I had only watched half of it because I couldn't stomach anymore. And then I forgot that I needed to finish it for the podcast. So we pushed. Mm -hmm. And I really, I really had to bite down and just you guys i had a lovely through. time my dog <laughs> wanted to take a walk every time my dog wanted to take a walk i was like now's the time <laughs> no better time than in the middle of this shit anyway yeah <sighs> we uh, before we get into it so yeah the, the reason that we are originally covering this is because there is a reboot of this roller coaster adaptation because that's just kind of where we're at mm -hmm. in the world at this time mm -hmm. since that uh since we sort of made that plan there is now a uh, both a wga strike and a sag strike mm -hmm. so this means a lot of things we talked about the wga strike over on the patreon and i'm hoping to expand that to talking about the SAG strike. Mm -hmm. Akila, are you double striking right now? I am. I am. And the, the worst thing is like the optics for me. <laughs> so my 
foot. <laughs> I have a foot surgery on Friday. So my picketing is like every other day for like 30 minutes. And then my foot's like, ow. And mm. I just feel like, you know, there's nothing else to post online right now, <laughs> but striking and I'm not. Yeah. And so I feel bad. So that's just my personal um, thing. But it is, it's a weird time to be in either industry. I guess they're all the same industry, but any part of it, mm-hmm. especially in LA, it's just like, I already lament that I moved here for a podcast <laughs> job that then I did from home for 400 episodes. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. and now it's like there's no work. So um, it's mm-hmm. tough. It's a hard time. I'm glad you all are still doing the podcast. I feel like at least there's somewhere I can talk about my love of entertainment because oh. <laughs> it's not on this picket line. I mean, come back <laughs> anytime for any movie. Every week. And, and I, I guess we should be clear on, on the main feed that uh, the Bechtel cast is not affected yeah. by the, the the WGA strike because I just know there's so much confusion about it. Mm-hmm. And there's also confusion for us. And so like we have double and triple checked to make sure that everything we're doing is above board. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to do it because it is very confusing, yeah. um, especially if it's your kind of first go round on a strike. Um, yes. But one of the ways that this has affected the timing of this episode coming out. So one of the uh, big elements of uh, of striking or one of the elements is that if you're a SAG-AFTRA member, you cannot promote projects that you have coming out. And mm-hmm. so there you could see there are some preventative measures taken where they pushed up the Barbie premiere. So that happened over a week before the movie came out mm-hmm. because it seemed like there was going to be a strike. The Oppenheimer premiere was canceled. Uh, oh, I thought that it did happen, but then the actors walked off of it, like in the middle of the premiere. Multiple premieres that oh, happened at one, okay, and okay. then another one was canceled entirely. Got it, got it. And then something in the middle happened at the Haunted Mansion reboot premiere <laughs> that I just am like, Disney is. I mean, everything's a Shameless. fucking mess. But like, Shameless. Bob Iger, or as I like to call him, Bobby Gare, my favorite <laughs> indie musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I can't not see it. Uh, <laughs> right there. Bob has, I mean, <laughs> Bob has been fucking up monumentally. Fran's yelling at him, as she should. Yeah. All that to say, they did not cancel, even though none of their actors can come. And it is primarily a, like, celebrity reboot movie. It's uh, starring Lakeith Stanfeld, uh, Tiffany Haddish, Danny DeVito. I mean, it's all really, really famous people. Jamie Lee Curtis. Owen Wilson mm-hmm. is there. Oh, well. mm-hmm. And none of them can come. And Bobby Guerra says, no, we're doing it. <laughs> and instead of anyone in the movie who are now barred from attending, he brings in costumed villain characters from Disneyland. Yeah. What? They did it at Disneyland. They literally have Mickey and Minnie in like purple Halloween costumes. Cruella de Vil is walking the premiere carpet. Oh, Maleficent no. is walking the premiere. Maleficent's like- a fucking scab. <laughs> Maleficent, I, and I'm like, I guess all these people would be scabs. Mickey and Minnie definitely scabs. True, but like, yeah. But it's just like, I mean, first of all, wild they didn't cancel it. Second of all, deciding to have their most evil characters walk to promote this movie is just like so That's the corniest thing I've ever wildly toned up. So and so they kind of left the director of the movie, uh, I believe Justin Simeon. He's kind of left on his own. And he's basically only asked questions of like, well, how do you how do you feel about all that shit Bobby Gare is talking? <laughs> and he's kind of like, um, not great. It just like it was a it was a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
these are the times that <laughs> yeah. the Haunted Mansion reboot reboot is mm. coming into. Uh, did um, I say a haunted franchise? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like just deeply haunted from top to bottom. Curse. 100%. I'm also just like, he's such a good director. Why? I know. I know. But it's like, dude... Anyways, I just I need to close the tab that I have open in front of me because it's it's a Guardian article that says the Hot Wheels movie will be emotional, grounded, and gritty. But why? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm why indeed? It. Yeah, it's why a fair question about all of it. <laughs> it's a fair question to ask. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to outperform Lightning McQueen, but I guess they're going to try. Wow. Damn. That's well, my one car. well, let's talk about Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. <laughs> yes, let's take a quick break first, and then we will come right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires and connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world. To bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu.
Okay, here's the recap for Haunted Mansion starring Eddie Murphy, 2003. Don't think it'll be long. Yeah, it's only 84 minutes long, the movie. Um, Okay, so we open on a flashback of an old-timey masquerade ball in a huge mansion. Is it about to be haunted? Maybe. Um, (laughs) uh, During the ball... A woman dies via drinking poison, followed by a man hanging himself, which they show on screen, which I was surprised about I for a kind Disney of like, movie. Yeah, kids movie, kids movie. That, <laughs> that happening during, like, because usually I will, I will sometimes fast forward the opening credits. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, oh, I can, there's like. Things are happening. I was, I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, woof. They're really uh, getting into it right away because I think that when you see that really gruesome image, it's also telling you who the director of photography is. And you're like, this is a <laughs> yeah. lot. Like, Very bizarre. Yeah. So then we cut to the present where a boy rides up on his bike to the mansion. He's like a paper delivery boy, I think. And something that appears to be a ghost whooshes at him and scares him away. <laughs> And he drops a bunch of flyers for Evers and Evers Real Estate, which is very similar to me to the opening of Casper. Of Casper. Yes. yes. Except except it introduces so many questions, including did Eddie Murphy hire this random kid to right. advertise his real estate? <laughs> yeah. On a bike, door to door. How would he answer any follow-up questions about real estate? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, then we cut to Jim Evers. That's Eddie Murphy. He's a real estate agent, and he's selling... Wait, real quick. Yeah. Have you ever met a black guy named Jim? No, definitely <laughs> not. I don't think so. No. When I found out that was his name, I was like, they recast this. <laughs> <laughs> Last minute, they were like, uh, let's just get into Eddie Murphy. He's mm. just <laughs> Well, Eddie Murphy truly is, I mean, this is true, of, I guess, of a couple Eddie Murphy kids movies, but like, he is like this movie's saving grace. This movie is, <laughs> yeah, nothing else. A bone. I think that's why I thought I liked it the first time. I was like, <laughs> Eddie yeah. Murphy, he has so much charisma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not enough. <laughs> he is it is really a testament to how Eddie Murphy can sell nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, continue. Okay, so we've got a black guy named Jim who is a real estate agent. He's selling houses. He's closing deals. He's really good at his job, but he's neglecting his wife, Sarah, played by Marsha Thomason, and their kids, Michael and Megan. He's late for the anniversary dinner with his wife. He's missing his kids' soccer games and stuff like that. So he's like, fine, I'll take the weekend off and we'll go on a family trip to the lake. I was really frustrated for his wife. Uh, Well, I'm frustrated for Sarah basically the entire movie. Things don't improve for her meaningfully at any time. Uh, But when when he comes home with with a watch... Yeah, I was, I was upset with him. Yeah, but then you're like, it's Eddie Murphy. I can't stay mad. I know that's how he gets you. He'll make it up. Yeah. <laughs> um. So before the family goes on this trip, Sarah answers a phone call from someone who wants her 
to sell a house because she's also a real estate agent. Not that you would know because not that we ever see her doing her job like we mentioned before. Well, you see her considering doing her job <laughs> right. on this phone call. She's been in houses. <laughs> she, yeah. yeah. I, I come down pro Sarah on this because we know this is like classic whatever like crummy kids movie writing where you're like dad's working too hard it's all these gendered stereotypes mm -hmm. but I'm like no Sarah is in a union and she is just simply saying I don't work outside of these hours I don't mm -hmm. it's Friday at 7 p.m. I'm not setting up a viewing True. and that's a fair boundary as a professional I agree. that's how I feel because we only <laughs> see her on the weekend maybe she's 9 a.m. on Monday, she's fucking at it. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's not her fault that we don't see her doing her job. It's the movie's fault. They could it's, have made the movie longer. I, I had at least six Show minutes of wiggle the... room. Let's, I have a feeling if we see Sarah on Tuesday, we would get a very different Sarah. For sure. Where's the sequel? Anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's... <laughs> well, it's yeah. It just had its awesome premiere. Um, okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> So Jim, he interrupts this phone call and he's like, wow, I know that address. That house is huge. Let's go. So on the way to the family trip, Jim insists on taking everyone to this big mansion to discuss putting the house up for sale. They arrive. It's spooky. It looks abandoned. There's a huge cemetery outside. It's almost as if it's a haunted mansion. Uh, then it starts pouring rain. So the family hurries inside where they meet a butler named Ramsley, played by Terrence Stamp. And Did anyone know who Terrence Stamp was? I guess he won an Oscar once. Oh, I recognize him wow. from another Eddie Murphy movie, one of my favorites, Bowfinger. Oh. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. What a career. Yeah. Well, also, real quick, the rain, had it not rained, like, are we to believe that the mansion controls the weather? Because if it, not, it didn't rain, they could have left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I guess the mansion also has its own climate. It, I believe it does. It. Yeah. And we're in, are we canonically in, I know this movie was shot in New Orleans, but are we canonically in New Orleans? They, so Jim <laughs> drives a BMW. We see the license plate. I'm pretty sure it says Louisiana. So okay. it's like I, assumed. I'm, I think I read that the bridge that they, spoiler alert, they get out of the haunted mansion. Uh, <laughs> when they're driving away, that's like a, a bridge in the New Orleans area. Okay. But it seems like this like big like antebellum mansion. I have so yeah. many questions about the internal logic of this movie. Uh, <sighs> including just a lot of, I just have a lot of questions about Terrence Stamp's character. It really seems like he has consistently not had a plan for like 150 years. Mm -hmm. He's had so long to get a cohesive plan together. <laughs> well, I... Alive and dead. And he just never does. <laughs> I'm prepared to make the argument that this movie has basically the same exact plot as a recent Matreon episode, What a Girl Wants. Wow. Because <laughs> both movies involve a rich guy who lives in a big house, who is with a woman who the rich guy's butler does not approve of. So the butler <gasps> sends the woman away slash murders her, spoiler alert, which begs the question in both cases, why is a butler so concerned about right. who the rich guy marries like how does this i guess maybe that affects affects his job status but if i'm a working class person working for a rich piece of shit 
I don't give a shit about his personal life. Like, I don't. Right. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it, they're the same movie. He's it's, like we're scrooging like, it. He's like trying to like <laughs> make him see his the error of his ways. He's like, no, she's ruining that. <laughs> there should do. We should do a whole episode on Butler logic. It is really confusing. Yeah, because I feel like it's always just like a one sentence explanation, and it's like I made a promise to your father, and you're like, what? <laughs> That's the whole Batman philosophy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh right? my god. Yeah. I'm like, is your dad still paying you? Like, you yeah. can go. <laughs> like, no offense, he died. Like. You don't need to work here. Yeah, yeah and when I die, what's your plan? Like, are you just gonna have a family of butlers that are indentured? Like, right, well, like I think we talked about this on the Beauty job. and the Beast episode, where it's like, why are these servants who have had their life absolutely <laughs> taken away and destroyed because of their like loyalty to their boss? No. Like, yeah, no, but they're keep... deeply invested in him becoming a better person. They made a pro- yeah, they made a promise or something. But it's like Terrence Stamps thing is like I'm just going to lie to him until I don't feel bad about killing a lady. Like yeah. It's a disaster. Yeah, like quitting never entered the possibility. No, <laughs> like another it's... butler job. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, we, he's like I like this fucking house. <laughs> I'm staying. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Anyway, so Ramsley the butler is creepy, and when the whole family shows up, he's like, ooh, we were not expecting others. We just wanted Sarah to come, and we're like, "Mm, what's going on with that? Uh, And then the family meets the owner of the house, Edward Gracie, played by Nathaniel Parker. And his sideburns. And his sideburns. (laughs) He's paying extra attention to Sarah as well, and we're like, hmm. And then Edward's also like, hey, do you guys believe in ghosts? <laughs> and everyone's like, teehee, what? And then... There's a really funny... Ver- I think that it was that line, or there was some line that the butler says that sounded like a just, like, AI garbled version of that line from Pirates of the Caribbean of, like, do you believe in ghost stories because you're in one? Mm. And Sorry, the... And the, the, the sorry, uh, could you do it with the accent, verbatim. please? Yes. You best start believing in ghost stories. <laughs> you're in one. And, like, the Haunted Mansion script just doesn't really yeah. have that juice because yeah. the butler's like, hey, do you believe in ghosts? Because maybe there's one over there. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy's like, eh, don't, don't talk about ghosts to sell your house next time, next time. <laughs> Yeah, embarrassing. Jim is very unfazed. Similarly unfazed when he sees actual ghosts. He's just like, huh, interesting. Jim's all about the sale. <laughs> He's like, all right, fine. Committed. So there's ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then Ramsley is like, by the way, the storm has flooded the road. So you guys have to stay here tonight. And the family's like, um, okay. So they go to their rooms Sarah is upset about missing the family trip to the lake. And then Ramsley comes to fetch Jim because Edward wants a private word with him. And as Jim is waiting for Edward in his rich person room, his study or something like that, uh, Jim finds a secret passageway and he goes inside and gets trapped. Meanwhile, in the kids' room, a ghost ball <laughs> appears, and it wants these Megan kids, and Michael. Bless these kids' hearts. They are not looking at the same tennis ball in this shot. 
No. We are just like boink, like, once boink. in the middle distance. <laughs> Not their fault. The <laughs> Not yeah. their fault. That's on uh, who? Rob Minkoff. Oh, my God. Who directed Stuart Little? Synchronicity. W- uh, wow. This guy loves to direct a mediocre kids movie. <laughs> he loves it. Good for him. Listen, he found a specialty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so anyway, the ghost ball wants Megan and Michael to follow it. So they do. Meanwhile, Sarah is like, where's my husband? And she goes looking for him. But instead, she finds Edward. And he starts to tell Sarah about a woman named Elizabeth. Because every live action Disney movie from 2003 has to have a character named Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, and she's got to be she's got to be in the thick of it. Like mm-hmm. she's in the <laughs> main character. <laughs> <laughs> um, cut to Jim as he's finding his way out of the secret passage and into a hallway with scary art and bulging doors. Things Just that are basically like direct ride. Yeah, direct references to the ride. <laughs> There's a scary mirror that makes him look like a corpse and he's like and at no point though is he like oh can't sell a house with a door like that (laughs) that mirror's got to get out like he's still thinking about selling the house but never commenting like he didn't ask anyone the square footage (laughs) how much Mm -hmm. do you really care about selling the house i really this this part like these sequences are so because at the time like if you hadn't been on the haunted mansion ride you're just like whoa this is so weird but it was like i don't know this i feel like Eddie Murphy all but turns to camera and is like, and if you like this, you're going to love this amazing attraction at Disneyland. Because it's just like the ride for yeah. some sequences. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad like, at it. Now walking uphill like, for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> now we're, we're turning to the left. <laughs> exactly. Spooky. Okay, so Eddie Murphy's like looking at all these spooky things. Then, uh, meanwhile, the kids are still following the ghost ball, which leads them to an old painting of a woman that looks exactly like their mom. And right then, a couple servants show up, Ezra and Emma, according to IMDb, although I don't think we really ever learn their names. I was like, Wallace, Sean, and that lady. As yeah. I to call them. Cookies is what I was referring to. That's the cookie, cookie servants, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, they are the cookie people. <laughs> Every mansion has two cookie people. <laughs> yes. You're like, wow, that's a really robust staff they have. Because what was his job? It's like she seems really like she made the cookies. He's just there to be like, no. <laughs> right. He's not the butler. Ramsley's the butler. So they say he, he's a bumbling footman. Okay. <laughs> so that's his job. He's a bumbling footman. He's just on the payroll. He's like he's like in any entourage. <laughs> just a guy he's who doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yes, it's Wallace Shawn and an actor named Dina Spivey Waters. Whoa. And, yeah, (laughs) it's true. That's a haunted house name. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they help the kids hide from Ramsley. Uh, Then, back in Eddie Murphy land, he finds a room with a crystal ball. And inside is this, like, fortune teller lady named Madame Leota. Jennifer Tilly. Yes. <laughs> who I just love that they put Jennifer Tilly's head in a ball for a whole movie. <laughs> I think that that's who mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is playing in the new one. Oh, that, that tracks. Oh, <laughs> good work if you can get it, I guess. Right. Although, 
Tiffany Haddish is also in like fortune teller garb, at least from what I've noticed of like the promo stuff. So I don't know. No idea. Anyway, Madam Leota. In 20 years when we do the podcast about that, Uh, (laughs) we'll know. (laughs) Yes, we'll clarify then. Um, So Madam Leota, who I'm like, is that? Ray Liotta's mom wife I don't know about yeah it. it's his mom he's he's show business nepotism too <laughs> he's the yeah. son of the crystal the ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> she is talking about how Jim needs to lift the curse and release all the trapped spirits and he's like freaking out he runs away beauty and the beast coded <laughs> yes for sure he runs away and he bumps into his kids and the cookie servants, who are ghosts, by the way. But again, no but one the in the family like, reacts to... I kind of love that this whole family is just like super underwhelmed by the ghosts. Like where... Yeah. Or actually kind of the the youngest, Michael, is I think made out to seem like what he has to overcome is fear. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think that we should all be more afraid. Uh, I think yeah. we should all be matching Michael's energy, but yeah. I like, I like the kid characters. Like they weren't, you know, They're... written, but they, I liked yeah. them, especially because just the daughter is just like not afraid of anything. She's yeah. just like, it's a ghost ball. Let's fall away. <laughs> and, and then when like ghost Wallace Shawn turns up, she's like, hi. <laughs> yes. I would like a cookie. This is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you, please introduce yourself to this, the two children in the room. <laughs> Is it logical? No, but I would like to navigate the world that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish all their scenes were just them screaming. Like, it's just like things happening. They're just like, ah! They're just like, no plot for them except for horrifying their hair turns white. And we'll... Even Michael's like a little unfazed. They're, one no head one like goes into shock and just collapses. You're like, okay. Well, because like Michael is really only afraid of spiders, it seems. Yeah. yeah, which I thought was a really, I, I guess that um, the actor who played it, Mark John Jeffries, three names, that's how you know you're mm-hmm. working with a child actor. Uh, <laughs> true, true. Child actors and serial killers, that's the three name way. <laughs> Uh, Mark John Jeffries I guess he was a fan of Ron Weasley and so he asked to have the fear of spiders added because Ron Weasley was afraid of spiders isn't oh, that sweet that's cute do we believe that I, or is that just <laughs> that, an adult a, child, a child actor, like, actor that was, was my like, idea yeah I came up with the spider thing and it's like it was in one scene <laughs> <laughs> they never follow up and there's no spiders in the haunted mansion weird well, there is spiders in the crypt later, that's so right, it does kind right. of pay off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He has to get over that one. Like, you're right. You're right. I forgot that part. That was the part I, I memory hold. <laughs> I was clawing for the credits at that point. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, the last stretch of this movie, I was terrified as a kid, but as an adult, it's like it's it, the last 10 minutes drags. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we cut back to Edward telling Sarah about this mysterious woman, Elizabeth. He says that his grandfather, but it's actually him because guess what? He's also a ghost, although Sarah does not yet know this, that uh, basically Edward and Elizabeth were in love, but they were from different worlds and couldn't be together. Interested to discuss what they might mean by that. And so she died by suicide and then the man, unable to bear it, 
also took his own life. So that's what we see in that opening sequence, like the credit sequence. And then Edward's like, yes, and now this this man's soul haunts the house waiting for her to return. And Sarah's still like, huh, interesting. Interesting. Mm. Also, like, why is it never, like, clear why, like, her her ghost isn't haunting the mansion, too? <laughs> well, because she's the ghost ball. I don't know why she can't take a more... Like, yeah, like why don't you human just be form. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's the ghost because ball. that would make too much sense for this movie. Yeah, maybe she would have run into the woman who looks just like her, who's barely a real estate agent, and been like, "Hey, <laughs> mm-hmm. are you my? Are we related at all?" <laughs> <laughs> ghost ball lady has more personality than Sarah's given. Unfortunately, oh, yeah, true, sad but true. Yeah. yeah, She was cursed with being Eddie Murphy's wife in a movie because I looked at a lot of his movies and very few <laughs> did the women ever get to act in anything major again. Like some have broken out, but mm-hmm. mostly it's a lot of just beautiful women who fade. <sighs> it sucks. Just sucks. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I guess the directors of these movies are like, well, we've got Eddie Murphy. So right. his partner doesn't need to have a personality like he's gonna do all the heavy lifting and it's like yeah no <laughs> I, and I wonder how by design because it's like occasionally you get someone with a really really famous actor like Eddie Murphy and then you can like launch someone's career off mm-hmm. of like playing Eddie Murphy's his wife in a movie if mm-hmm. you're ri- if you receive a character right to exactly. perform if anyone notices you in the film <laughs> right right so it's I mean who knows I, I'm not familiar with um, this actor's work I went to IMDB it was pretty much nothing after that mm. seems like she played a lot of lawyers the kids played kids and things for a while, which was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they, I think, you know, I think that they stopped working as actors, which is the right decision. You know, yeah. that's. Especially now. <laughs> Especially yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get into crypto, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Even the crypto kids. From crypt to crypto. Yeah. Wow. From- <laughs> oh, that's a gnarly. I bet, I bet that exists. That's Zaslow. That's in Zaslow's back pocket. He's going to hit those kids. <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, I sorry. This is a fun. I because I was looking for behind the scenes information on this movie because I was trying to figure out was this movie like speaking back to what you were saying earlier, Akila. I was like, was this movie written for Eddie Murphy? Like, I could. It's just really hard to find out any significant pre-production information about this movie. And you find the same five fun facts over and over and over, including this one I've seen a million times now. This was the first film to air on the Disney Channel to contain any profanity beside Hell or Dam. It also contained the phrase big ass termites i've seen this fun fact a million times and i cannot figure out if the movie was written (laughs) for Eddie murphy or not anyways interesting it must have been right like in the way that i imagine jungle cruise was written for the rock right yeah right like because otherwise there's no reason for this movie to exist if if Eddie murphy isn't in it yeah unfortunately yeah with all due respect to wallace (laughs) sean Uh, Okay, so meanwhile, Madame Leota is giving this same information about Edward and Elizabeth to Jim and his kids. And she tells them that in order to break the curse and rescue Sarah, they must enter the tomb under the great dead oak and find a crypt wherein lies a key that will reveal the truth. 
So and we're like, uh huh, uh huh, okay, interesting. It reminds me of um, when Rose Dewitt Bicator gets directions on how to get to Jack in the boat, where you're just yes. like, mm, it's a lot of steps. You go so down the Crewman's Passage, and you'll come to us. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just gonna start yelling Jack, and he's gonna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's gonna know where he is. I'm gonna get about three steps deep, and then I won't I'm be coming long. back to you, and I'm gonna be like, what was after the hallway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, I made it this far. Did I make the wrong turn? Or yeah, is there someone um, I could talk to in the hallway so I don't have to remember all of it? Maybe a map that says you are here. <laughs> um, so the two cookie ghosts take Jim and the kids cookie outside ghost. to the cemetery, where they see hundreds of other ghosts whose souls are all trapped there because of this curse. And they find the tomb, and Jim goes inside. It's very Phantom of the Opera vibes down there. Yes. His daughter, Megan, comes along. And then little Michael, who is afraid of everything, gets left outside (laughs) in a cemetery. Which is... And they're like, he's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess Eddie Murphy tries to prevent it from happening, but not very hard. Not very hard. And then his sister just abandons him. Yeah. (laughs) He's just like, all right, well, I guess I would have ditched my my youngest child as well. He's like, wife first, then maybe the crying little boy outside. (laughs) Is it it feminism to not care if your son lives or dies? Uh, (laughs) Sound off in the comments. Yeah. Oh, poor little Michael. Um, okay, so th- so Jim and his daughter Megan find the crypt, and inside is a skeleton holding a key, and Jim grabs it. But a bunch of other skeletons come to life and start chasing them. Uh, Jim drops the key at one point. Megan has to go find it underwater. Yuck. Titanic vibes. Titanic vibes. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. How many more Titanic parallels can there be, I wonder? Um, then they get trapped inside the tomb. The skeletons are chasing them, blah, blah, blah. And then this is when Michael has to face his fear of spiders mm-hmm. and he saves mm-hmm. his dad and his sister. Yeah. I thought it was nice. It's the most mm-hmm. basic thing that could possibly happen, but I'm glad, but not every movie makes it's it that. The only thing that happens. <laughs> yeah. It's Michael's much. one thing. Let's let him do his one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Eddie Murphy's like, it's okay to be scared sometimes. And I'm like, well, okay. But like, he's at the haunted mansion. Like, obviously he's scared. Yeah. Right. Like, this, this isn't a weird place to have an emotion. <laughs> right. They're just yelling at him like, don't be scared. <laughs> like yeah. every week they wow. end up in a shitty house where like the mom's about to be married to some dead guy. Like, it's a really crazy time. This again. <laughs> It takes Sarah so long to catch on. Mm. I'm just like, Sarah, look at his outfit. Truly. Yeah. I hate how oblivious she's written to be. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So then they take the skeleton key to Madame Leota, who says that they have to use it to open a trunk, which Jim does. And inside there is an old letter from Elizabeth to her beloved, Mr. Gracie, saying that she will marry him and they're like wait a minute she didn't take her own life she wanted to be with him so someone else must have (laughs) murdered her and given mr gracie the wrong letter 
And it turns out that it was Ramsley the butler, which, you know, you could have seen coming, especially if you'd already seen What a Girl Wants. <laughs> and they... Yep. But then you're just like... Mm. What? Right. And then <laughs> what he does from there is even more confusing. Yes. Because, because he opens a portal to hell, which is something he can do. Uh-huh. Right. But he won't just go there. <laughs> but then he's he just like shoots himself in the foot so spectacularly because he's like, let me open a portal to hell. Who's the only person in this room that belongs in hell? Oh, me. And then he just he gets he dragged just goes to dragged to hell. He's like he gets dragged, dragged me to me hell. To hell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, also, it's also confusing because so he's the reason. So maybe it's not. He's the reason that the curse happened to begin with because of this whole secret murder mm-hmm. and him secretly keeping the lovers apart. And now he's the one trying to, I guess, rectify his mistake. But he never really acknowledges that this was his fault to begin with. And he sort of acts like thanks to me this curse will be lifted because i'm finding this sarah woman who i'm going to convince edward is his long lost lover and it's going to be great and blah blah blah. and it's just like but you're the reason this happened to begin with i don't know anyway we don't know ramsley did not want the lovers to be together for reasons reasons that he refuses (laughs) to disclose even in Uh death uh (laughs) even in death (laughs) Even after being dead for hundreds of years. Right. They've had so many years to talk about this. So the whole thing was that he he made Edward Gracie believe that Elizabeth didn't want to be with him. And then Ramsley poisoned her and it caused the whole curse. So, yeah, Ramsley is now trying to undo it by having Edward and Sarah get together. Uh, but an alive person can't marry a dead ghost. So Ramsley's like, oh, sorry, Jim, but I'm going to have to kill your his wife. <laughs> and then Ramsley traps the kids in a trunk and throws Jim out of the house. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, this is when Sarah is all like, haha, what's happening? Because, again, it takes her so long to understand that, like, Ramsley's orchestrating this whole thing where he's trying to get Edward to marry Sarah and convince Sarah to go along with this plan. And he's like, if you don't marry Edward, I'm going to kill your children. So Sarah puts on Elizabeth's wedding dress and is about to go through with marrying Edward. Outside, Jim is trying to get back into the house, but he can't and he gives up and Madame Leota rolls up in her crystal ball and she's like, you have to keep trying. So then he drives his BMW into the house, which works for some reason. Um, He saves his kids and then stops the wedding just as Sarah drinks poisoned wine and... He's like, by the way, Edward, the truth is that Ramsley killed your beloved Elizabeth. And here's the letter to prove it. And then this is when Ramsley is like, damn you all to hell. And then a fire demon comes out of the ground and drags him to hell. Yeah. Like, what did he think would happen? Oh, well. Yeah, this is right. the first time he's opening it. <laughs> Movie's almost over. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, last ditch effort. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doesn't work. Sarah starts dying because of the poison. And then the ghost orb, who was Elizabeth all along, shows back up, goes inside of Sarah and uses her physical form to kiss Edward. Okay, we'll talk about that. And 
she's like, babe, let's go to heaven. By the way, Eddie Murphy, thanks for releasing me. And he's like, no problem. And then Sarah comes back to life and Edward gives Jim the deed to the house and all the spirits ascend to heaven. And then the movie ends with the Evers family driving off. Madame Leota in her crystal ball is with them. And they are now presumably headed to their family trip to the lake. <laughs> the end. Yay. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. We love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's take another quick break and we'll come back to discuss. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. At UC San Diego, we understand that in order to turn the vast unknown into new cures or human connections or expansive culture, you have to be willing to venture further out. That's why we'll go as far as the International Space Station with cancer cells in hand and novel medicines in mind. That's why we map the seemingly randomness of forest fires connect them with revolutionary AI to see where they'll appear next. And it's why we arrive on the San Diego shore from all over the world to bring different perspectives to our world's biggest challenges. When you push the boundaries of science, art, and culture, whole worlds open up. And at UC San Diego, that's where the real adventure starts. Learn more at ucsd.edu. And we're back. Uh, yeah, where where shall we start? Where, mm. where would everyone like to start? Uh. 
<laughs> just my deep size. Let's just start there. <laughs> Sucks. Um, should we talk about Sarah? Yeah. yeah. Let's. I. I definitely think that there's like so much to say. Yes. <laughs> Who wants to start? <laughs> well, we've already mentioned that she and her husband have the same job, although we never see her doing her job really um there's a scene where she's on the phone with ramsley and she's like no my husband and i work as a team but again you never see that because you only ever see jim working solo yeah yeah Uh, it feels like a very like early 2000s like way of being like well you can't say that we're not you know like being equitable to women because you know what her job she's in it (laughs) but it's like she only acts as like a wife and mother she never acts like her job is not yeah i mean the movie can't happen without eddie murphy's job Mm -hmm. but like you can't say the same for her definitely yeah and then on top of that she's presented as being like a nagging wife the way that so many like woman and wife characters are portrayed in movies where what's usually actually happening is that they are expressing a desire for their partner to be an active participant in the relationship and in the household they're expressing a desire for affection and emotional availability from their partner they're expressing a desire to establish boundaries in the relationship you know things like that but this is always framed as yeah (laughs) as like why my wife won't stop nagging me. I gave her a watch. Why is she still talking? (laughs) Yeah. Why is she mad? I'm just, I feel like, but the subtext of that is always like, I'm just trying to provide for our family. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, theoretically she's doing the same fucking job and is being a parent. (laughs) And it's like, I just don't get that. Like if they're partners, then they're both making the same, right? Like it's like, it's their company. It's their real estate business. So like, she's obviously aware of the fact that like, he's doing that job and saying, you can do it less. We have enough. And I'm like, a man, Mm. a man doesn't want to hear work less. Then you hate your family. (laughs) (laughs) The subtext here is in in the real version of this movie, they go to the house. All the kids would get sucked into that trunk. Mm -hmm. The wife would get kidnapped by the dead guy and he'd bounce. He'd be like, okay. <laughs> like, he got in the car. It wasn't raining anymore. He could just turn yeah. and heal that <laughs> Could have been a, for- a force majeure. Is that what that movie is about? Anyway. Yeah, like, she's just so attractive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, like, such a bummer. It's, like, that she should really just leave him. Like, that's the whole time. I'm like, do eh, you don't have to go through with marrying somebody to save these kids. And you have to. Seems like you go. and the kids are basically, you know, doing your own, own thing, own anyways. anyways. <laughs> um, right. And then, so, like, for the whole second half of the movie, she's extremely damseled. Like we already mentioned, she's characterized as being very oblivious and overly trusting. Because, like, Edward is being so creepy. Ramsley is being so creepy. She doesn't seem to notice. <laughs> And it's just like in real life, the world is an unsafe place for women, particularly women of color. True. And so women have to move about the world in a very specific way where they are hyper aware of their surroundings. They sense danger very yeah. wet. Like, and she's just like, do, do, do. What? I mean, the fact that they're having a fight about their relationship at the mansion mm-hmm. to the point where she would be alone in a room in a place where they have to stay overnight. They don't know those people. 
I'm like, I'd be like, get your ass in here. We're going to hash it out yeah, all night. No like, one pushes <laughs> I don't back. care if some man wants to talk to you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It's, I mean, I just feel like, yeah, they don't write a character for her at all. We get the set, like, and everything she does as Sarah and then eventually as Elizabeth is to service the like whoever the man in the scene is because it's like she's there at the beginning saying you need to spend more time with your family to set up Eddie Murphy's conflict she has Mm -hmm. like she's got nothing and then at the end she comes out of the ghost orb to resolve whatever his name Grimsby's Ed (laughs) Bleeplorp's conflict so she can kiss him and then he can and then they can die like you're just like this this actor's like double fucked in this movie it sucks right her body is used so that a ghost can inhabit it so that the ghost man can kiss her and i was like right why like i was asking that question that we posed before like why can't elizabeth's ghost take a more like corporeal form is that how you say that word um killed it and that like that's the form that can kiss edward like why does sarah's unconscious body have to be used and then i remembered oh because disney movies are obsessed with men kissing unconscious unconscious women women. yeah because like a few moments later you do see ghost elizabeth in her like human body form it's like why couldn't edward have kissed her then like well i think that the reason it is is to set up the like eddie murphy or i guess jim whatever (laughs) eddie the eddie murphy character joke where he's like oh no this ghost is kissing my wife like that's (laughs) the joke that's being set up by the ghost possessing Mm -hmm. his wife's unconscious body where he keeps I mean, he's Eddie Murphying out. Yeah, I can't take it from him. Yeah, but it's also like since we know that his wife is not the ghost, right? Like the ghost is confused. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> Why does he ever like? Once that is established to the ghost guy, the other orb should become a person. <laughs> like, I know that she doesn't have to be in the lookalike body if they're not even related. <laughs> There's no. It- story here. I don't know why this happens. It makes no sense at all. It's just like they needed the actress to do something active at some point. So they were like, the ghost you, the ghost look alike you from the 1800s is going to kiss this ghost white man and then they're going to go off to heaven. Why did they have to be married to go to heaven? Oh, um, yeah, I didn't even think of that. God, <laughs> like, these, just leave. God, Disney movies are so... Like, sometimes you don't even realize the amount of, like, weird institutional thought that's going. It's like, well, of course. Uh, you can't yeah. go to heaven if you're living in sin. So you're yeah. going to want to get Christian married. And also, like, all the other people in the house, okay, like, the house gets cursed because they both kill themselves. So why is everybody else even there? Like, they didn't die that night. They died in the oh, house. Oh, yeah. What? is that about did they eventually die and then they just had to stay there for plot reasons yeah it's really confusing but then there's like a whole thriving yeah because i guess they do kind of act as if like a bomb went off in the haunted mansion after these deaths (laughs) took place because everyone is still there from that night including hundreds of other ghosts you're like yeah is this like oppenheimer like what's happening like yeah mm-hmm. why so many ghosts in one place Good question. Mm-hmm. yeah did they, they all live there at once that's a thousand 
people is a lot to live even in a huge mansion and would Um, you stay there if somebody like two people died you'd be like i'm never going back yeah get me out of here did i drink the poison like i'd make it about me we're not sure it's almost as if this movie was uh based on a ride with no narrative and they just had to make shit up and none of it makes sense make sure every ghost in the ride was in the movie and don't question it. yeah exactly they were like that weird puppety one from the end that's sitting between oh, you and the ghost oh my god why are the singing busts why in do it. they have a whole scene yeah. to themselves because caitlin they're on the ride <laughs> i'm exactly. so sorry i'm so sorry part of the ride <laughs> my apologies <laughs> i hear there was like that rumor that one of the ghosts that are singing is like walt disney but that's just not true it just looks like him Oh. oh, people are so goofy. They're like, well, if it yeah. looks like him, they're extremely goofy. Human voice. They're like, it's some other guy. Just like a lot of people look like Walt Disney or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, White guys with mustaches. They're everywhere. Yeah. Uh, uh, a couple other things I want to say about Sarah is that she saves her kids by having a wedding versus Jim saves the kids and his wife by you know, crashing his car through a wall. He's fighting sentient suits of armor. He's doing a bunch of like action stuff because men do action and women have weddings. Yeah. Um, Also, she drinks the poison, which I'm pretty sure she knows, like the wine is poisoned and she knows this because Ramsley puts the poison into the goblet right in front of her. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, why wouldn't she figure out a way to like, not drink it or any right. like she Throw just makes shoulder because women because women in this world <laughs> see things and it does Ignore. not compute yeah right. like also like no struggle drinking it like i would have been like <laughs> yeah. yeah she's like Whoop. <laughs> yum yum yeah like all right um, killing myself <laughs> ooh, a cabernet um she makes absolutely no active choices to get out of this very dangerous situation no. she's in which is like uh, you know classic damsel behavior and then meanwhile the man is making active choices right and left and like figuring out how like how to overcome the obstacles that he's in and do this and that she does nothing it's very frustrating yes Mm -hmm. um also i started on my second watch of the movie i because on my first watch i noticed how often jim says my wife and so I started tallying it oh, wow. and I feel like I missed a few times, but I counted 14 times where he's like, my wife, my wife, my wife. My wife. I also, yeah. he's, I think he says it more often than, yeah, he beats Borat by three whole years to this amazing catchphrase. Yeah. Uh, but I think he says it more than he says her name, which is like, yeah. I also counted how many times Sarah says my husband and unless I'm missing some, I only counted four times. Huh. So big difference. Well, yeah, I feel like she said the kids' names more frequently too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also thought it was interesting. Okay, so contrasting with Sarah, where it seems like adult women, I guess of which Sarah's the only like character of importance who's an adult woman in this movie because cookie i mean no disrespect to cookie lady but they're (laughs) Mm -hmm. kind of a package deal Uh, but she's like the only woman that even has something resembling an arc even though it's just in service to the two men but but and then on the other hand for some reason the daughter is like I don't know. She has more to do than her mom Mm -hmm. and has, you know, at least it's a very like Disney channel personality where like, 
I can do anything. I'm not scared. I'm the big sister. But it was like, that worked for me fine. I liked that she, like, and I think that more, like, it's, it's, you know, again, it's like, it, it, there's not massive, uh, it's like not earth shattering Oppenheimer style. <laughs> plot developments but like you know it's nice to see the like the courageous like really smart kid be the daughter that's always Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nice I liked when Eddie Murphy yelled at her for knowing Latin sure (laughs) yeah yeah you said it was a dad language it's like well he's right (laughs) (laughs) he's right like she does motivated choices like like she had a few like she had more moments than I was expecting Mm -hmm. for sure she is given things to do she remembers the whatever clues that um, Mm -hmm. Madame Leota says she goes into the tomb to help her dad she is the one who finds the key that he dropped like she's doing (laughs) things but it does take a while for her participation in the story to feel significant because up until that point there's a lot of focus on Michael especially Mm -hmm. because like this arc for him is being set up Megan doesn't really get an arc, but I'm like, okay, that's fine. Cause like she is given more to do and then Michael gets an arc. Like that feels like a pretty balanced, like narrative mm-hmm. characterization kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but Michael's arc is weird to me because, so it's set up that he's a scaredy cat and he's especially afraid of spiders. And his dad is like, you have to learn to face your fears. You should never be afraid of anything, which is very much like, well, and it was very, and it, and he directly ties it into like, it's time to be a man. Yeah. They're 10. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go get a job at the real estate firm that your mother and I know. We need to be Evers Jen. and Evers and Evers. Um, <laughs> I did for Evers and Evers. It's not the worst. It's not it's, the worst turn of phrase. It's so clever. Um, it's clever. <laughs> pretty cute it's the best part of the movie (laughs) the advice that fathers give their sons in movies is almost always like the worst advice possible it's always like here's how to be a man and then he proceeds to say the most toxic and reductive thing ever yeah and then at the end it turns out he was right yeah and then madame leota also kind of has to tell eddie murphy's character jim to be a man because he's like she's like don't give up and then he's like okay i'll ram my car through the wall which is like (laughs) maybe take the car and get it's not really what she was asking for uh sure that's being a man is wrecking a car (laughs) so then so michael's arc culminates when he has to like face his fear of spiders to like open the door to let his dad and sister out of the tomb and jim is being like hey remember before when i said that you shouldn't be afraid well guess what it's okay to be afraid i'm afraid right now and i'm like i like that that's what jim is saying and that he's kind of going back on his toxic mindset about like fear being for losers kind of thing (laughs) but i'm also like is jim just saying this because you would say anything to get out of being murdered by skeletons like because they never have a final beat of that where they like have a calm conversation when they're not in danger (laughs) in danger exactly so i'm just like how does jim actually feel about this i feel like we never know so i don't know how to feel about that but yeah But I do appreciate, like we were saying, that Megan, even though she doesn't get an arc like her brother does, she does get to play a more active role 
in the story, especially toward the end of the second act. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like, again, <laughs> that only that only goes so far because the movie's like still not awesome but you're like all right all right movie i'll take i'll take what i can get something happened Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) the whole time i was just hoping that somebody would like come and burn the house down like like, just put us out of our misery (laughs) like no one is committed to being here except for the butler and he's dead already (laughs) why is he so committed to it I don't get it. Like, did he get cursed to stay there because the dude killed himself? Like, I just don't get, like, free yourself as a butler. You're a butler in death. Yeah, I do not understand the logistics of the curse. It must be, like, (laughs) trapping them there physically. Yeah. I don't know. But they have cookies, so it's, like, not all that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's actually fine. Um, Yeah, like, and they don't really have to work because the lady's dead now. It's true. So kind of cookies and sulking like (laughs) could be worse. (laughs) It's better than my present. Like they're complaining a lot. Honestly, they didn't survive a pandemic. Like yeah, they're not on strike. Um, They don't have a union. They don't have a union, (laughs) and they're not really working to begin with. Can we talk about Madame Leota briefly? Sure. The main thing to say here is that a word that is largely considered a slur for Romani people Mm -hmm. is used to refer to Madame Leota. We've talked about this situation a lot on the podcast. And it still happens in movies now, which blows my mind. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it still does happen. Yes. Uh, And then this character exists in the story in the same way that Romani people are almost always characterized in popular media, which is like, she's a fortune teller. She's a mystic of some type. She speaks in riddles. The Romani people in any given movie are almost never like the protagonist of the movie. They're just like Mm -hmm. a side character who's there to help or hinder the protagonist. Mm -hmm. The protagonist is usually a white character that is not the case for this movie. Um, so progress? Or- but, right? <laughs> now you too can discriminate. Yeah. And then it, they're often not played by Romani actors. Uh, yeah. Jennifer Tilly Almost never. is not Romani. So Yeah, and it doesn't seem like, I, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis is in fact the actor who plays Madame Leota in the new movie, uh, that, that has not been improved in the... Uh, interceding mm-hmm. 20 years yay yeah. oops yeah what uh <laughs> i think that this was something when i was um just looking for kind of um i don't know i feel like for every millennial movie regardless of quality really there is uh, an, a number of essays about why it was important to somebody or um stuff like that so i was i was looking for people who have been fans of this movie over time um like what sort of keeps them coming back to eddie murphy's haunted mansion Mm -hmm. and there were two reasons that i was finding consistent one was just like it's a movie for kids and uh i think part of the reason it was reviewed harshly was as if it were it was supposed to be scary for adults and Mm -hmm. to that i say grow up like watch your own movie yeah go watch the babadook like you're fine Mm -hmm. and then there's also um the fact that this is one of the only children's children's movies period but also children's horror movies that uh features a black family yeah which in 2003 was not happening anywhere i would extend that even to just movies in general that feature a black family that is the type of movie that 
a white family would generally occupy mm-hmm. that totally role. It's like Black Casper. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Casper yeah. made more sense. It was better, but... <laughs> <laughs> Right. And that's not the black people's fault. That's just the movie. <laughs> right. That's just, yeah, the, the movie was uh, written by a white writer who... Uh, yeah, like if you would put black people in Casper, it would be the same movie. Like, yeah, totally. If only the ghosts were as interesting. Yeah, exactly. No. Or hot. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't the ghosts hotter in Casper? Um, yeah, none of them are really... Uh, only one was trying to date in, frankly. Mm-hmm. A child. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, so few Hollywood movies that feature black people as the main characters allow them to be in a story where they are dealing with the same type of stuff that white people deal with in movies all the time, such as like accidentally going to a haunted house the way that white people in movies go to haunted houses all the time. Yeah, That's like one of the main reasons I wanted to cover this because I was like, this is such a rare example of and I think we talked about this maybe on the episode on the movie Us mm. as like another rare example of and specifically like horror movie but yeah. um yeah. of like a black family being allowed to deal with the types of conflicts that we normally see white people dealing with in movies yeah and just being liberal I mean and and there was I mean there was just a uh there's just a movie dedicated to like exploring this trope yes, of like blackening. yeah which yeah is, like it's I finally got to see it uh mm. last week and it's I so it so much it's so funny it's really funny <laughs> and I mean I think especially yeah in the horror space there are so many racist tropes yeah. and so even though you know is Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion a masterpiece? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> but no one's asking No one's asking it to be. It, right. it, like, the ride's not a masterpiece. It's doing justice no. to the ride. <laughs> I also just like, you know, maybe the way to update it is like, have the ghosts be black. Like, I think that at least mm-hmm. for us, like the movie Us, like the, the spooky thing, the spooky element, the tethereds, mm-hmm. they're like, some of them are black, so like, that's kind of interesting. Uh, I do think it's funny like the conceit of a black family having to deal with like these like <laughs> 1800s white people ghosts <laughs> who are progressive and want to marry the black woman. <laughs> right. They had the yeah. right politics, allegedly. We, have, we don't want to dive too deep into it. Um, right. And I'm like, I guess I'm glad that they didn't like get deep into yeah, can you imagine? 19th century right. racism. <laughs> but the way that it's skirted. Like, the movie's bad enough. <laughs> It is it is like vagified to a wild degree that it's just like forbid different what like everything they're saying could also be applied to classism, but because yeah. of like you're just like mm-hmm. okay, okay, True. movie. Fine. All right, whatever. Right, like all right, you tried it. I also think like an important point and I think that like Eddie Murphy does this more in his movies than most other like major black movie stars who are men is that his spouse in the movies are almost always black women. Mm-hmm. And so like to see a full family that is like black love and black everybody is like, I feel like that was still, even today is very rare. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's it's just like, it's usually like a black guy and his like hot Latina wife, his hot white wife. Mm-hmm. And then the kids are, you know, a light skin color and then it's fine. But I think, um, yeah. That was at least interesting to watch for like more than an hour. It was like, wow, yeah. four black people. They really all got paid. Right. It almost feels like the trend, the current trend of that is like, we're progressive because look at us featuring a mixed race couple. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that exciting? Right. Isn't that right. subversive? It's very strange. Um, I mean, you know, maybe one day a black woman will get a role that like, <laughs> is it four lines? 
um, <laughs> and that she actually and has a character. Like, hey. Yeah, it was. It felt dated even then. I, I would think I didn't see it then, but it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I yeah. I guess like they don't really make. Well, maybe they do. I haven't watched a lot of kids' movies since that era. Like that was when I stopped. I was like, I'm gonna. I'm a teen. <laughs> I don't Same. need this. Yeah. yeah. And um, to like to see it, it's just. It felt very uh, 90s. Like, it felt like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a Jim Carrey movie. This is a, a, there's the premise is this, and there's no plot beyond that. <laughs> and uh, the woman is no one. She's just disappointed <laughs> by her husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, for sure. So, like, and then maybe uh, they get a divorce at, at the lake. <laughs> like, she's like, that shit sucked. Right. You were only there because you're greedy. <laughs> Ooh, I hope that she's like, uh, I don't know if you're paying attention, Jim, but they actually made out the deed to me specifically. Yeah. And you're a bad husband and a bad father and mm-hmm. you're Eddie Murphy. So you'll be financially fine. Yeah. And I'm out of here. You'll go exactly. on to be in Shrek 2, two and three, 3 and 4. And, four. <laughs> and 5 if we're lucky. If we're lucky. They're, please. Um, while they're young and alive. <laughs> But yeah, I just I appreciated that because, again, white people and white families in movies get to do anything and black characters are rarely afforded the same range of narratives, the same genres. And um, so I I appreciated that this is, again, a rare example of a movie that um, lets black people get into Spooky hijinks <laughs> in a haunted mansion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Family vacations gone wrong. Yes. People dealing with ghosts. Yeah. They um, got to have a lake house. We never saw it, but <laughs> they had some sort of wealth going. True. Yeah. He drives a BMW. Well, one thing about Jim Evers, he's a closer. He's <laughs> always be he, closing. He always be closings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that movie? <sighs> the most boring movie As, I've ever seen. Um, Jerry Maguire. No. No. Glenn Gary Glenn oh. Ross is the Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. It's always so frustrating when a uh, movie's title is more fun is more fun than the movie. <laughs> right? Fun title. It sounds like it's about a fantasy cartoon world, but it's not. Unfortunately, no. Never that. Well, does anyone else have anything to say about Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion 2003? Uh, I mean... I don't think it passes the Bechtel test. I don't want to spoil. Is that, is that where we're headed? <laughs> yes, we are indeed. Things were headed that Shit, way. My bad. I honestly forgot to pay attention. If anything, it would be Sarah talking to her daughter, Megan, which I don't actually. Is it there... was always about the dad. I felt like, and yeah, the, I even thought maybe the scene where the cookie lady is talking specifically to the girl about the cookies, but it's not enough dialogue, and they both they don't both talk about the cookies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, maybe I I'm wrong, but I didn't get a sense. <laughs> I think no. I think yeah. I think the only real shot at that would have been. I don't think it happens between Megan and her mom. And I think the only other opportunity would be Megan and Cookie Lady. Mm-hmm. Or Madame Leota, I guess. Yeah. But... I don't know. But weren't they talking? They're probably talking about the dead guy. Well, she also yeah. only really talks to Eddie Murphy. To, to Eddie Murphy. So I'm going to say spiritually, spiritually it no. just doesn't. It, we're going we're gonna to go with no. And <laughs> if you want to talk to us about a technicality, I don't think we want to hear it. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually I don't care think if you think hear. that. <laughs> Uh, you can keep that to yeah. yourself for evers and evers. <laughs> now to the metric that matters. 
Yeah. That's right. Our nipple scale.、Mm. A scale of zero to five nipples, based on examining the movie through an intersectional feminist lens.、Mm. I would say, based on the general piss poor treatment of Sarah. Mm-hmm. Her being characterized as being nagging, even though she's just like once a partner who is <laughs> not ruining their marriage.、Um, yeah, she is so oblivious to all the creepy stuff going on around her. She isn't allowed to make any active choices. All that kind of stuff.、Mm-hmm. I do again. I do appreciate that this. Is a and a it's a high budget movie and it grossed a decent amount at the box office. It's a ninety million dollar budget, grossed twice that at the box office. So it's、yeah. a movie that people went to go see,、uh, that features a black family, that isn't explicitly about those characters struggling with racism or.、Right. Issues related、mm-hmm. to systemic racism, things like that. It's just they go to a spooky house and they have to deal with the curse that's happening there.、Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Even so, I feel like it only gets like a one and a half. All of those things considered, yeah. And I'll split my one and a half nips between Sarah and Megan.、Uh, <laughs> Good for them. They could, they could use it. They need those nips, yeah. They need them.、Uh, yeah, I guess I'll meet you at one and a half、um, for for all the reasons you described. I think that、uh, I mean I I love I loved this movie when it came out for reasons、uh, being that I was eight,、uh, <laughs> or however old I was when this came out. I don't remember, but there. Yeah, I I think that this is like it's just like a simple kids movie. I think that yeah, you it's important to have. Uh, black families represented in this genre outside of all of the tropes that、uh, I think, unfortunately, kids may have been familiar with going in seeing this movie. But as far as giving the women in the story much to do, it's either yeah, it's either、um, Sarah is just left out to dry the entire movie, and then the other women in the story are、uh, just kind of giving Eddie Murphy various clues. Um, <laughs> and I think Megan is the best written、uh, woman in the movie,、mm. and wowie wow,、um, <laughs> uh, amazing. Worth mentioning because we tried to touch. Oh God, jump scare! I still had the Country Bears Wikipedia page open. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that while this movie centers a black cast, I don't believe that there are any black creatives involved,、uh, at least at、mm, the highest level the high in level. this movie.、Uh, I feel like there's moments where that shows, and also just I think important to keep a movie in check, and when they're doing on-screen representation and less than nothing off-screen.、Mm-hmm. One and a half nipples. I'd show this movie to a kid. Why not? It's fun, <laughs> and、uh, I will give my. Nipples to, I don't know. I don't know. Megan the bridge. <laughs> yeah,、mm. the bridge. Megan and the bridge. I like the bridge at the end. I've never been to New Orleans,、mm, uh, and it made、either. me want to go to see that bridge. Let's go. I、Jamie. googled、yeah. the bridge. I googled haunted、oh, mansion、yeah. bridge. It was beautiful. I thought it was like they were driving to Hawaii or something. I don't know why I thought、right? Hawaii. Oh, because he had the tiki's drinks at the beginning. Okay,、oh. <laughs> I was like, why is that in my head? <laughs> What、mm-hmm. about Hawaii? Yeah, this this bar is just like Hawaii, right? And he believes them.、Um, so 
I'm going to say, you know, one and a half nipples feels fair. And I, it's not just because I'm trying to be agreeable. I think that, like, Megan deserves one. I'll give half to Madame Leota mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. she did have some, she had more dialogue. And even if it was all in service of Eddie Murphy figuring out the stupid dead people mystery, <laughs> it was like at least three pages worth of words. True. Um, yeah, everything you all said is correct. I think like it's so important to have any representation, especially in horror, especially for like kids horror. I just feel like I always thought it was like white people had supernatural shit when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, black people just couldn't afford ghosts or something. <laughs> so like now I'm like, okay, so if you're a realtor, you could go to the haunted house. You don't own the haunted house, mm-hmm. but at least mm-hmm. we're making progress. <laughs> um, but the movie is just so unfortunately horrifically bad like I cannot stress enough that like if you're watching it you're setting yourself up to I think maybe entertain children for the full almost 90 minutes Mm. I think as a kid I would have been like we can leave like (laughs) I like I really had a low tolerance for movies where nothing happens but Mm. I think you know in service of the ride excellent it's exactly the ride. <laughs> There's some stuff from the ride even that's not in it that I'm like, wow, they could have had like busts that follow you with their eyes. That could have uh-huh. happened. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think that the movie was so bad. And like, it, truly, Sarah is such an afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> so much to so that like, I think the painting of her is more <laughs> impactful <laughs> than the actual Right, that reveal, you're like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, did someone really paint that? Did she get to keep it? Like, that's all I could think was, like, that would be great if someone painted a picture of me and I looked that good in it. Like, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Um, So that's what the one and a half stars goes to. I guess it could be Madame Leota, little girl, and a little bit to whoever painted. (laughs) Sarah, they did a great job. Hell yeah. (laughs) Akilah, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thank you for having me. I love it here. It has been such a delight. Come back anytime. Uh, come back in 20 years for, yeah, for Haunted Mansion 2023. When we're striking <laughs> again. Yeah, we'll all be on that one tiny pinnacle that's left of land on the earth. And we'll be doing a podcast for the seven other people on the compound. Yes, we will all be on fire. Uh-huh. But we'll have to find some way to entertain ourselves. And that will be by talking about... Lakeith Stanfield's Haunted Mansion. (laughs) Where can people check you out on social media? Plug anything you're able and willing to plug. Yeah, I feel like it's just such a hard time to plug. With uh, <laughs> So uh, if you're on the picket lines, I tend to be at Paramount, but it's too hot right now. It so they're, so they've got us elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm always online. Follow me on threads <laughs> at Akila H. And it's also my Instagram handle. Uh, and I, I'm not going to plug Twitter anymore. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm done. Good for you. Screw Elon. I'm over it. Yeah. So mostly just there uh, waiting for the world to come back. And you can follow us on, I guess, Twitter, but you don't have to. Uh, and also Instagram. Should we get on threads, Jamie? I barely understand no. what that is. <laughs> no. Right. Uh, no, we're not getting, you will not be finding us there. We refuse to assimilate don't to do anymore. a single. If anything, go outside now. now is the, we've been freed. Yeah. yeah. We're done. We're done. 
Yeah, go outside while the <laughs> air is still breathable, which it barely is. A little bit. Anyway, um, <laughs> you can you what you should do definitely is subscribe to our Patreon, aka mm-hmm. Matreon, at patreon.com slash spectalcast, where you get two bonus episodes a month plus access to the entire back catalog of around 150 bonus episodes. All for $5 a month. Amazing. And you can get our merch over at tpublic.com slash the Bechtel cast. Yes. And with that, let's load in the car and drive (laughs) down the cool bridge because we're going to the lake, baby. And we're bringing the annoying statues with us. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to reu hotels and resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.